0: 1 Corinthians 8 says this knowledge puffs up while love builds up in a world and time that is changing quicker than ever before God calls us to be humble learners hello my name's Christy I live in Corringham with my wife Sharl and uh, welcome to my living room More specifically, the one part of my living room that doesn't have a hole in the wall. We recently had a rewire, so it's pretty difficult knowing where to set up a camera. Um, But hello and welcome. Um, I'm starting this morning, regrettably, with an apology. Um, You see, for the first 25 years of my life, I never noticed any of your front doors. I know, I know, and I'm sorry. It's it's terrible, and and I'm so sorry. Um, I've been to many of your houses, and all I would have seen or registered uh, is if i had to knock or ring the doorbell that is until my wife Charlotte and i we recently moved house and we needed to get a new front and back door now when someone hands you a catalog and tells you how much things are and suddenly you're forced to make so many decisions you never knew existed and what sort of frame do you want what colour do you want the frame to be, on the inside and the outside, um, windows, sure, how many, how big, what size, um, what style, um, door handles, what shape do you want those, what colour, locks and on and on and on and on, oh my goodness, and of course every decision was agonising, Charlotte and I were both very opinionated about the doors, uh, and now, well now, every day when I walk to work, every house I walked past on our Covid daily walks, you know, I'm checking out their front doors seashell that's how nice anthracite gray would have looked, oh dear, they could do with a nice new door like us That's an interesting shape. does it suit the house though? People talk about the Bible as being the living word of God sometimes, and I think part of what that means is that it grows with us, so as I experience more of life, um I understand the Word of God better. I understand the Bible better and equally as i Grow in my understanding of the Bible. I grow in my understanding of my own experiences and my own life, and I see this in this funny, silly example about the doors. Um, you see, right back at the beginning of the Bible, in in the book of Genesis, um, in the creation story, we read about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, you see, in the book of Genesis, God creates everything. He creates all the space and then he fills all the space and then he creates man and it is very good. Um, In Genesis chapter 2 we see this. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now here we often read knowledge of good and evil as being knowledge of what is good and what is evil on a sort of morality scale or on a morality basis. More likely the meaning here is that good and evil are just opposite words used to cover everything. Um, a bit like our modern, you know, English phrase, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, so it's more like a knowledge of, of everything. Um, and in the past, this is the kind of thing that I might have taken, you know, a stance against. of have been like, you know, why, why didn't God want us to know everything? What is God hiding? But I'm not sure it was like that. In the Genesis account, one of the things um, Adam and Eve realize when they're tricked into eating from the tree of knowledge is that they're naked they see not just each other's bodies but their own bodies in a way they hadn't before similarly this is how i felt when i was handed the catalogue to design my own front door not because i was naked but because suddenly my eyes were opened to something that i'd previously given no thought to uh, and considered completely unimportant and inconsequential and what this knowledge has has done in me is it's led me to judge my very literal (laughs) neighbours and consider my own choices and therefore maybe even me to be better and above them and their choices even though six months ago it meant absolutely nothing to me. I believe that knowledge is really important and uh, this is not a message to lead us towards ignorance. You could label all of my Problem here as you know, well ignorance is bliss, but I don't think that's quite complete enough 1 Corinthians 8 says this knowledge puffs up while love builds up I'm here today really to say that in a world and time that is changing quicker than ever before God calls us to be humble learners. And I think we can do that in three ways. One, we need to posture ourselves as lifelong learners. Two, we need to continue to learn how to humble ourselves. And number three, leading lives that put love in one another above being right. So Paul says here that knowledge puffs up. Uh, the same word in other places in Corinthians says pride or, or arrogance. Knowledge about love can lead us to become arrogant, superior. The biblical opposite to love is not hate but fear. So what does knowledge with fear become? Well, I think in our modern times we can often see knowledge without love as outrage social outrage and judgement and this idea of arrogance. You saw it with me, with the doors. It made me more arrogant. But also we can see when when people think they know, when people think they know the right answers, it leads them to become really angry. And we see this particularly in social media. People become outraged at, at certain things why are people so stupid why do people only think this but really what we mean is people who don't think like me are wrong Uh, which again is this idea of pride in one corinthians chapter 8 paul continues from there he says those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know i'll read that again those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to to know. Paul here is giving us a warning. He's warning us against presumption. Sometimes we think we know something or even we know a small part of something without knowing the whole and actually that can be really damaging. You see when we think we already know something we can become unable to be taught further. The bit of knowledge we do have becomes a barrier to true knowledge. I've had this countless times. I'm sitting I'm listening to someone and I'm like, oh, yeah I know this and I, I switch off uh, And everything new that they might have said Just goes past me because I think oh, yeah, I know about this. So I'll, I'll be alright. I'm I'll pretty, I'll pretty much get this um, That's not good <laughs> And the reason that's not good is because it becomes a barrier to true knowledge and it only fuels this idea That if we think we know, maybe we don't know as we ought to know. Actually, another reason this is damaging is because it just leads us to become magnets for misinformation. The University of California asked this question to some of its students How many animals did Moses take onto the ark? You might be surprised to know that only 12% answered correctly. None. It wasn't Moses' ark, was it? It was Noah's ark. Um, But when a statement is fluent and familiar, we tend to not focus on the details and instead go with the general idea or with the gist of any statement. And this can be helped by the use of images and repetition. It's scary, isn't it? I recently heard a lady called Michelle Jones say at Bridgetown Church in America, The only power that lies have is that they look like the truth. The only power lies have is that they look like the truth. Now, us as Christians, we claim to know the truth. And when I say no, I don't really mean no. See, most other languages they have two words for know they'll have a know that means to know something and a know that means to know someone you might remember that even from your french lessons at school and we don't have that in english but we don't necessarily know the truth always but we do know the truth in jesus jesus came and he said i am the way the truth and the life jesus is the truth he's He's the thing through which all things are held together within him. He holds everything. Everything that is true, everything that is good, comes from God and is held within and by God. The reason lies and misinformation are so dangerous is because our thoughts lead our actions. Well, at least some of the time. (laughs) And, And actions in community are not just our own. We'll touch on that later. I mean, especially when we think of the actions we take online. So here, I'm I'm basically talking about fake news, aren't I? Fake news, misinformation, spread across social media. Um, And the actions we take online are specifically made to be seen by others, right? You know, we, we would post something on Instagram or post something on Twitter or Facebook because we want it to be seen by other people, even if it's just by one person in a reply. But these things are specifically public. And with so much of our lives operating in digital environments that, you know, if you've watched The Social Dilemma recently on Netflix, you, you'll be very aware right now that, that these digital environments, they cater to our every click, our every search, our every interest. Uh, and we just exist in echo chambers that fuel our own bias and that feed these ideas of um, presupposed knowledge that we know a bit, that we know enough, or that we think we know, but we might not know as we ought to know. Basically, often, we actually currently live in a culture that is intentionally puffing us up. Let's look a bit at humility. When I um, spoke last year, I I took this verse out of Romans that said, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And uh, I think lots of us related to that. And the answer that I thought I found to that problem um, with the help of James Dunn, um, the theologian, um, was that later on in Romans, Paul says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. See, unlike Adam with the tree of knowledge, we have to choose obedience, choose to accept that we don't always know the answer. We have to recognise the truth in us that um, I do not understand what I do. So if we don't understand what we do, maybe we don't always understand what we think. And actually we do the things we do not want to do. But what I hate, I do. Maybe actually our motives, our thought processes, the things that we hold true are not always true. Maybe they just hold power in our lives because they look like the truth. Instead, a mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Maybe there's something within us and within our minds, something we have to engage with, with our brains, to say, God, I choose your ways here. I choose to listen to you. I choose to spend time with you. I choose to turn away from this way of thinking. I choose to turn away from these things that I hold so tightly onto, that inform so much of the way I live, and actually to hear what you have to say about those things. We have to choose obedience, and that's hard. That's hard because it's an accepting that we're wrong, an accepting that we don't know, and it's really, it takes confession and an apology. But we know that through God, we will always receive love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness for any wrongdoing and for any wrong thinking God will forgive us and he'll show us how to turn that into good well how can we do this I, I mean I think you know there are some simple things that we can do to, to counter this and to, to continue to choose obedience and to choose to humble ourselves we can do simple things like reading a whole article on the internet and not just a headline We can do this by listening to other people and not just thinking about what we're going to say next. And we can pray, asking for God's kingdom to come and God's will be done, not our own. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with your mind, all your mind, all your body and all your spirit. Lives with active minds, fully engaged with what God is doing in our lives and in the world around us love Paul said knowledge puffs up and love builds up in this chapter the context for the rest of this chapter is that Paul is talking to the church in Corinth which was very much of a Greek culture an ancient Greek culture um, about a situation where you know most meat available for eating uh, was sacrificed and to idols in different idol temples and uh, some people knew some of the Christians in Corinth knew that you know idols were just nothing you know there's God there's one God uh, and he's above everything and idols are just nothing so they don't mean anything they hold no spiritual power over me so actually I can eat meat that's sacrificed to idols because there's only one God and the idols mean nothing and um, but others didn't want to eat that meat and actually would be worried and fearful about eating that meat because they still came from that Greek culture of of thinking these idols held a place. And they hadn't quite got to that stage in their journey of faith where they understood God to be the one true God who ruled over everything and who could rule within them as well. Now, Paul agrees that this first group were right. Yeah Paul agrees that actually yeah you are right in what you say we we all know there is one god he says this we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no god but one for even if there are so called gods whether in heaven or on earth uh, as indeed there are many gods and many lords yet for us there is but one god the father from whom all things came and for whom we live and there is but one lord jesus christ through whom all things came And through whom we live. Okay, so Paul recognises that. He says, yeah, you are right in what you think. But he also says this. He goes on to say this. Be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you with all your knowledge, eating in an idol's temple, won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? So this weak brother or sister for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if what I eat causes my brother or sister to fall into sin, I will never eat meat again so that I will not cause them to fall. So here you can see that Paul is saying, I would rather never, ever eat meat again than to cause someone else to misinterpret his actions as idol worship, or move away from this idea of there being one God and just fall back into their old cultural habits and patterns that actually were were damaging and were wasteful. See, what Paul is choosing here, he's choosing to be loving over being right. He knows, he says here, be careful that the exercise of your rights you know, he knows you're right. You can. You're at liberty to do this. You're free. You've got freedom in Christ. Paul talks about freedom in Christ. He's saying you're free to do this. You, of course you can do it. But maybe right now, don't. He's saying not everyone understands fully. And so just don't. I mean, this can make us angry. You think, well, of course I can. Of course I can, they're just wrong, they're just thick, they just don't understand yet. Maybe I'll, I'll just teach them, I'll, I'll I'll post something about it, I'll, I'll put something constantly in my Instagram story every day until they understand, because right now they're getting in the way of what I want to do. And what Paul says is, well, do you know what, actually what's more important is to care for one another. Paul understands, he knows all too well that really does any action we take only affect us. We exist in community, that's just a fact. People see the way we live our lives, even if it's just one other person sees. And particularly when I talk about you know, living our lives online, you know, more and more, everyone is seeing. So we live lives that are more and more public, potentially, but we know, and Paul knows, that rarely does any action we take only affect us, even the things we do in secret will not only affect us. So let me just round things off here. I've talked about lots of things. Let me try and crystallise what I'm trying to say. In a world that is changing faster than ever, we're watching the news every single day, hoping that things don't change, right? Things are changing quicker than ever. It's hard to keep up, but what I'm saying is I think God is calling us as Christians in this time to humble ourselves, to choose to keep learning and to choose to love others above being right. The truth is I was right six months ago because what my front door looks like is still unimportant, inconsequential. We, we only needed one because the one we had didn't open, close or lock, <laughs> which is quite an important function of a front door. But I have to recognise now that the way I see it has changed. And I have to have a mind that's governed by life and peace. That's governed by the spirit that I don't hold on to those things too tightly. That I don't allow that to infuse the rest of my body and the rest of my thoughts to judging my neighbours, to becoming arrogant and to being puffed up. What would have been better for me when I chose my front door would have been to be a humble learner. To be interested and and recognize all the different choices that that people all around me have made when choosing a front door all the things that go into it actually you could learn that i've now learned that and i could maybe help someone else who goes through that another time or give some advice from my experience but i can be humble about it it's just a door still recognize things for the worth that they have and and perhaps i can only do that if i say god i want a mind that is governed by your spirit That is life and peace have minds that continue to be humble learners that we can take this ever-changing world We're, we're watching the news every single day hoping that things don't change but things are changing really quickly and we need to be able to recognize those changes pick up all the things that are happening we need to be able to soak up and learn and have minds that engage with the world around us so that we can bring the truth that is Jesus. Through our minds governed by the spirit that is life and peace we can know the way the truth and the life and we can humbly ask God your kingdom come your will be done in a world that we understand and can engage with with our minds.